Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 4th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with the, one of the more respected GPP players in the NBA DFS world, and that is Mr. Andrew Hansen. How are you today, Andrew? Doing pretty well, thanks. Happy Wednesday, middle of the week, and let's see if we can set up a big one for tonight. Absolutely. That I'll have to get, I'll have to put the camel on the uh, website there. Hump day. I do the. Uh, have you ever seen that when Dirk does the the hump day deal and goes through the office? No, I haven't seen Dirk do that. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, I'll have to post that in our Discord. It, you know him. He's such a goofy guy. He's so right. funny. But uh, I'll throw that in there. That that is uh, that was a great one. I miss Dirk, man. It's it's hard not watching him anymore, after all those years. Yeah, it's a big loss for the NBA for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. But uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on in the NBA. I uh, you may have heard my the podcast yesterday was Super Tuesday, so that was very interesting. It looks like our next president is either going to be. Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, or Joe Biden? That's very uh, interesting take on sort of where we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard those names before. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, man. I wonder what if you add their ages together. Good God, I wonder what that number is. I don't even want to know. Right. But uh, but anyway, we got that through that. Uh, you know, t- yesterday was uh, sort of a break-even day on FanDuel, and we didn't do as well on DraftKings, so unacceptable for the dfs coach talk team we're taking it as an l it was a close l but we're going to take it um we are currently 10 and 3 with that loss last night which is still uh something to be proud of and i fell to 60 and 24 in my personal uh nba season so still still very proud we're still hot and then we just got to get uh uh, major streak going uh, today. The, you know, the cool thing is we have nine games today. We have just the four tomorrow, but then we got 10 on Friday and uh, five on Saturday. So interesting. We have a good uh, good stretch here where we can get hot, you know? Yeah, and I'm already looking forward to tomorrow, that four-game slate. You, you know I like those shorter slates, but we're both going to crush it here on this nine-game slate. We are for sure. And I'm glad you do because you know me. I'm the opposite. I like more games the better. Four gamers make me a little bit more nervous because you got to be more selective. But uh, no, I'm excited for it. I, you know, and of, of course you heard me whining. I, I can't stand when people say if I would have done this, if I would have done that, my lineup would have done this, that, and the other. So I never do that, as you know. But I do have to say for those that listened to the podcast yesterday, uh, you know, two of my hottest takes were Anthony Davis and Karis Levert. So I hope some of you all out there, you know, rolled those in your lineup because those two guys went berserk. I, I've never seen a guy uh, like Levert in the fourth quarter in overtime score that many points. I, w- was it an NBA record? Because I've never seen it before. I, I heard some stat. I can't recall now if it was the record or if it was the biggest number 
in the last 15 or 20 years, but it was phenomenal. He was unstoppable. Pretty much a disaster for the Celtics to let that one slip away, but he was terrific. Yeah, to get beat by one guy single-handedly. He had all 11 points, I know, in uh, in overtime, and I believe he had 27 in the third or fourth. I want, I want to say he had 26, so that he had 37 okay. combined. That's absolutely unbelievable. How does that happen against Boston of all? Wouldn't you just throw a double at him or just Marcus Smart or something? I just it's mind boggling. Yeah, whoever they put at him, and they did run different guys at him. He just ate them all up. Yeah, that's I guess anything can happen. Then you have the weird thing, you know. Like I even said that on the podcast, I made fun of it. I said Denver's a 15 and a half point favorite over Golden State, so that probably means Golden State's gonna win outright because everybody's figuring, you know, don't play Denver guys because it's gonna be a blowout. It was a blowout. Golden State blew them out. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is when you're reading the totals and and the spread, I was doing the math in my head and picturing, okay. This is going to be Denver 116 to 100, but it was, and that was the total, but it was the reverse. Golden reverse. State, it was had the 116. I'll tell you what, I I know a lot of you guys out there that listen to the show and gals probably bet bet the NBA, you know, lines and you know over under spreads, everything. I'll tell you, I'm glad I don't because how the hell do you see stuff like that coming? I mean, it's impossible. You know, there was, and and how do you expect Minnesota? goes in, everybody's going berserk about the Pelicans, and they beat them. It was nuts. I, I couldn't believe it. That was the one big play I made last night in terms of betting in play. I took the over in that um, New Orleans-Minnesota game because the first quarter was just yeah. sort of average, so the game total came down a little bit. Bet on the nice. over, and they just destroyed it. Destroyed it. Yeah, it was 248, which was the highest on the year, and I believe it finished like at 276 or something. Yeah, there was d- defense was optional. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> for the Pelicans to to lose at home uh, to a team like that, and then when they're trying to make the eighth spot, I'll tell you, you just never know on any given night with basketball. Uh, it's uh, more than any other sport. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. More than football, baseball, whatever. You know, those guys. It, it is such a, a small club of people. You know, 300 people and change that make. The NBA. It's not like, you know, you have 300 people on four teams uh, almost in the NFL. It's just so hard to make it. You know, we were talking, I was talking to chat with uh, Leighton yesterday uh, on our Discord, and we were saying the same thing. You know, the guys that are last on the bench uh, for these NBA teams were like first team All Americans nationally, you know, like set records at their university for scoring, and they can't even get in. To the game so it goes to show you how select and when you have that type of talent anything can happen you know it's not like teams stink yeah they're all phenomenal athletes um, and that's why you get so much variance yeah that's exactly right but that's what makes it our job fun we have to sniff that out figure it out and uh you know land on the right side of of uh, the guys that are going to take advantage of that so well, awesome, man. We better dive into this. Uh, don't forget to uh, follow us uh, at DFS at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. Uh, you'll see all our information throughout the day being posted on there. Certainly, uh, if you have a moment, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. We'd love to have you joined as a member. 
uh, jump in our Discord. We have so much going on in there, a lot of really good uh, talk, a lot of really good, uh, you know, just banter of, of the game, what's going on, who to take, who to fade. And it helps all that, you know, those little pieces help. And uh, then, you know, uh, again, we follow that. Listen to our show if you can. That's super important. I hope you listened to it yesterday. And uh, then just follow the news throughout the day. You know, follow us at DFS Coach Talk and on our, our, our pros personal Twitters. Uh, I can give those out later. And then that last half an hour, just hunker down with us at DFS Coach Talk. Get in there. We'll provide those lineups for both cash and GPP. Uh, we focus really on DraftKings and FanDuel. And uh, that's what we're trying to attack. So we look forward. To, uh, we're growing fast. And, you know, at some point, I never thought I'd have to talk about it on day. What are we? Day 14. Is this going to be day just two weeks old, I think? So uh, but, you know, at some point we're going to cap the amount of members in NBA because, you know, we don't want too many people using uh, the same lines. But, we, you know, we're a little ways from that yet, but it's at least uh, it's super exciting to be able to talk about you know, just two weeks in. So we're having a blast. Uh, appreciate all the listeners out there and certainly dial us up uh, and jump aboard. All right, man, I'm going to if you want to go have uh, like a steak dinner, you probably can do that while I read through this injury report. <laughs> <laughs> I do have funny you should say that I have leftover steak from last night. It was actually warm up here. We we fired up the grill for the first time just oh. to get a little a little taste of spring. So I've got Beautiful. some leftover steak today. See my nose now. I could I could smell it from here. That's why that I must made have been it. <laughs> I, you know, I'll sniff out a steak no matter where it is. Period. <laughs> All right, guy. Here we go, man. Uh, Garrett Temple is out for Brooklyn. <clears throat> Definitely hurts them on the defensive side. Aaron Gordon is probable for the Magic. Seventy-five percent in. Kemba Walker remains out for Boston. Um, well, actually, he is out. He he's he didn't travel with the team, so he's he is out. Sore knee. George Hill probable for Milwaukee, and we have some a couple of guards for Dallas that are questionable. That's the old man J.J. Barea, and then Seth Curry, who's been playing uh, some hot ball lately. Uh, it sounds to me like Damian Lillard's in. It says here probable 75%, but I heard a little coach talk this morning, and they said he went through three practices in a row, full tilt that he was going to go out there today, and they didn't anticipate uh, any minutes restriction. So for those people that are going to be afraid to play Lillard because he was out, it might be a, a nice sneaky play. So let's, let's really keep an eye on him because guess who it's against? The Wizards. So, man, alive. That could be a big fat game right there. Uh, Brandon Knight is questionable for Detroit. He's uh, been getting decent minutes for them uh, since uh, their their wing went down. Uh, who was it that went down for them? Garland. So, yeah, he's been playing decent minutes. Uh, Thon Maker and Sekou Dumbuyu from Detroit are both probable. So they'll get in that mix. Uh, Bruce Brown is doubtful. It does not look like he will return in this game for Detroit, which hurts uh, them defensively for sure and raises up the value on Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 
Uh, Lori Markinen is actually questionable. He's been out for quite some time, but there is an, a possibility that he may play tonight uh, against Minnesota. So we have to follow that news. Christian Wood is probable, so most of the bigs are in for Detroit. He's been play, been their steadiest big guy since they traded Drummond. Tristan Thompson, that's important news, 100, uh, 50%, I'm sorry, uh, questionable. So it's uh, 50-50 if he plays or not, and that certainly affects the whole rotation with Thompson and uh, Love and the whole shenanigans there uh, with uh, Andre Drummond. So interesting. Uh, oh, Drummond is out, by the way. So, yeah. But still, that makes it even more important to know what the deal is with Thompson. And it's against Boston. So very, very big news there. Uh, here's a here's something that changes the slate. Uh, Chris Dunn, we know, is out for a long time for the Bulls. But Zach Levine is also out. So, you know, that opens up like, what, 35 shots a game? <laughs> right. So, there's going to be some, and it's against Minnesota, who is not has not been playing any defense. So that could be a key game. Uh, Oladipo, questionable. He's been that on and off since his return. Sore right knee again. Uh, that's not good. Kevin Knox, who's seen a little bit of uptick in his role with the Knicks, is questionable. Probable is Reggie Bullock. I know you've rostered Mr. Reggie Bullock a couple times. He is playing, uh, looks like he's going to play tonight against the Jazz, but not 100% yet. Uh, this is important news. What well, isn't, I guess, but this this definitely is a guy I've been sort of leaning to lately, and it's Mitchell Robinson, and he's 50-50 with uh, the questionable tag against the, the Jazz. He hurt his leg, so that's an issue. D. Rose is not playing tonight for Detroit, so no D. Rose, no Bruce Brown. That should be interesting. Everybody's going to run towards the – and Brandon Knight might not play. So it's going to be this V. McKaylook show along with probably Langston Galloway and Tony Snell and all those all-star studs in Detroit. <laughs> uh, Marcus Smart is in against the Cavaliers, and Gary Clark – who, if you're playing them, you need to get a new hobby, is questionable for Orlando. That's it, man. Simple. Piece of cake. You got that? Can you read that back to me real quick? Yeah, I'll get, I'll get right on that. Okay. <laughs> Let's dive into game one, sir. It is uh, – we have uh, – going to be going a little bonkers early on in the evening because we have four 7 o'clock, two 7.30, and an 8 o'clock game. So – I am going to need to get some new batteries for the remote because I know I'm going to be flying all over the place trying to watch everything. Um, The first game on the slate is Boston and Cleveland. Boston is only a two-point favorite. Maybe that's the Kemba situation. I don't know. Uh, You know, there's still going to be more news that breaks. I did not see Tatum on that list thus far. So uh, based on a two-point favorite, I would think maybe Tatum's out as well, but let's, you know, let's not uh, assume that. Well, let's wait for the for the news to hit the the airwaves here. But uh, Boston is also on the second night of a back to back with being shorthanded, so that's obviously why Cleveland's in the mix. It's only a 216 total, uh, second lowest on the board, and uh, as far as pace, Boston is 16th, Cleveland is 20th. Defensively, Boston is fourth. 
And Cleveland is dead last. They've taken the spot back from Washington to be dead stinking last. Boston implied total a low 109, Cleveland 107. It has to sound like a JV game after, uh, Andrew, after you played that Minnesota-New Orleans over. I mean, that is, it's projected to go 61 points lower than that game that you hit the over on. How's that? <laughs> that's a good description of it, the JV game. Jeez. So that's the picture, man. I, I don't even know what to tell you other than it's pretty yucky. What do you what do you think about game one? Well, I, I do think we're going to have to wait for all the final pieces of news because there are some big chunks that are going to be out of the lineup, especially on the Boston side. And Tatum is that big question mark. We already know with Kemba out, if he's out, we already know Hayward and Brown are hobbling around. Mm-hmm. So there's a decent chance that at least three of those four will be out. And first place you got to look is Marcus Smart. His price is reasonable on DraftKings at 7K, mm-hmm. higher than it usually is, but it makes sense here tonight. And then you got to look at some of these backups for Boston as a value play. That's where I'm really going to look at this game. Brad Wanamaker, 3.5. He played 20 minutes last night, 29 minutes last night. Romeo Langford 3.0, if you need a little bit extra money. I think if, again, three of the four of those out are out, he could get 20 minutes. Um, That's probably it for me. I I won't go to the bigs. We got Robert Williams back into the mix. Over on the Cleveland side, I am going to play Kevin Porter Jr. again in some of my lineups. He gave us that 6x return on the last slate. He's only at 5.3, and he should have some easier matchups with some of these guys out. And then Sexton is is certainly worth considering at 6.6. And then with the bigs, it's just all about Tristan Thompson. If he's out, then Nance and Love become more attractive. I'm with you. I mean, this is certainly not going to be a focus game for me, but it's all 100% dependent on the news. I mean, Cleveland is the worst defensive team in the, in the league. So it's very simple. If if we're without Kemba, without maybe a Hayward, maybe without a Tatum, I mean, you just have to go, you have to gravitate to like two of the main guys remaining because they're going to have, you know, where they're used to having usage maybe at 18 to 22%, they're going to find themselves with usage, you know, 38%, 37%. And in those guys, I'm talking about uh, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and maybe even Daniel Tice. Although, you know, I I watched him last night and he did fine. I, I rostered him. He was okay. But I just, again, I'm not a guy that can stomach when when somebody's split in time. And Canner got a little more extended run than he normally does. And like you mentioned, uh, you know, we have uh, – Robert Williams. What do they call him? Night Tower? Time Lord? Time Lord. There you go. Time Lord is also back into the mix. So for me, if if the news comes out, I'm actually going to go right after, you know, the best two Celtics that remain uh, just because of the fact that Cleveland's the worst team defensively. And I I think a lot of people are going to just look at this game and say, screw it. I'm not I'm going to pass this game on the Cleveland side. Also completely uh news dependent if thompson's out you always have to have a consideration uh for either nance because he's usually cheap 
or or even love just because you know again the usage factor um i'm not as high on colin sexton because i you know he's gonna see marcus smart defense although you know if uh what the what brooklyn and lavert did to boston yesterday is any indication you know god only knows but you know really that that's about it i, I mean it's 100 percent news dependent if let's just say a couple of those boston guys get ruled in and Thompson plays, then I'm going to be a complete fade on this game. It's literally that much of a swing. Or if the news goes the other route, I could actually have three guys from this game and feel good about it, uh, with two from Boston and one from Cleveland. So huge news here to watch this afternoon. Totally agree. All right, man. Game two, 7 o'clock, Oklahoma City Thunder at the Detroit Pistons. Uh, It is the second night of a back-to-back for the Thunder. They are a seven and a half point road favorite against the hobbled Detroit Pistons in their all-star backcourt. Uh, it is a 2-11 total. Hooray, hooray. Lowest on the board. We have a winner for the reverse bingo here. 2-11. Uh, poultry 109 and a half implied for, for the supposed winning team Thunder. And 102 for Detroit. You don't see many teams floating around that 100 mark anymore. Um, I guess part of that reason is this. The pace is 23 and 28, respectively, which is not going to get it done. And defensive efficiency, the Thunder decent at 12, but Detroit is all the way down at 22 now, so that's not going to help matters either. Um, This is an ugly game. I mean, you know, the question is, do you – target that depleted backcourt of Detroit and roster, you know, either Paul or Shea or Schroeder, or do you try to get your super value play in a fee or one of those dudes, or do you just say, screw this, I'm, I'm passing this game and moving on? What's, what's the decision? Well, when I first started to eyeball it, I was leaning towards saying, screw it, let's move on. But you went through some of the injuries for Detroit, and I do think it's an opportunity because they just don't have any bodies left. Yeah. And what I'm looking at is, especially if Bruce Brown is out, we mm-hmm. already know that Rose is out, Kennard is still out. You know, Brandon Knight and Svee could be the last men standing. And they're both cheap. So I am going to consider Brandon Knight at 4.5. He gave a 7x return in his last game in only 25 minutes. Remember, and, he's he's 50-50, questionable. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and then Svi is still under 4K on DraftKings. Right. He's had two straight games of 6X return. Yep. Uh, so I, I like considering one of them as a value play. If you want to attack this for a cash game player, perhaps you'd want to play Wood. He's a little bit pricey, 7.7, but he did get 52 fantasy points against OKC. Yeah. Uh, about a month ago. So I, I think there's some opportunity with Detroit, as ugly as it is. And um, as you say, that, that MVP backcourt, all-star backcourt. But I'm, I'm more likely going to do that than try to jump on one of the OKC guys and hope that they've got a better matchup than usual uh, against these backup guards. So I, I don't plan to play the OKC guards. It is a back-to-back for them. Yeah. Um. So I I probably won't play any of the Thunder. 
It's such a smash spot for them against that backcourt, though. You know, it's so tempting to want to just dial them up. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. It, you know, it's it's tough. I think if, especially if, if Knight's out, Svee's actually going to be pretty highly owned. I know it sounds really weird. I mean, but that's how DFS is, man. You Like I say, the other night we were rooting our tails off for like Jordan Poole and some other obscure guy that wasn't even at the in the league at the beginning of the season so you just never know you know how those things are going to roll out but uh i don't you know the question is too is this game stay close enough seven and a half a spread that would tell you vegas thinks it's going to be fairly close or at least within reason for dfs purposes but you know it's hard to say you know just taking a look at at the minutes last night uh, you know, Shea played 33 and Chris Paul played 30, and those would be the first two places I'd want to look. Um, they were light on uh, – well, Schro- uh, Schroeder played 30 as well, so they rotated those three guys decent. Nobody got overextended. Gallo only played 28. Adams only played 27. Um, you know, so they're, it's not like they're coming in, you know, after a game where they had to push their guys and – the Clippers smacked them pretty good. So, you know, I as as disgusting as this game is, I want to look at ownership towards the end of the day. And if, if I can get a single-digit Chris Paul or Shea, you know, one or the other is very tempting to, to go for here if, you know, if, if the game stays within reason. But, you know, I, with a nine-game slate, I'm not going to dive into any of that Detroit stuff. I, I doubt it very much, uh, you know, again, unless Knight's ruled out and, and Svee, if he's going to get 38 minutes, how do you not roster a guy at that price with those kind of minutes? So let's see. I'm not crazy about it. These first two games are a real stomach ache, though, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, this whole slate really ramps up as we get later in the night. So I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to those late night hammers. Yeah, you know, I, I'm telling you, I, I – with a nine game slate, the people are going to look at these first two games like we did. It's like, if this guy sits, if this, if this, and it's so much question, I think a lot of people are really going to skip by him because these other seven games are all better. Let's just put it to you that way. Much better DFS games than the first two, but I just, there are a couple sneaky guys that I think can get you over the top in these first two games. If, you know, if everything falls right as far as who's in and who's out. So, I wouldn't say just skip them like I normally would. I'd say, you know, uh, give it give it a look and, and see what happens. So, all right, man, game three, 7 o'clock. Indiana Pacers at the Milwaukee Bucks. That has an intriguing game to see if Indiana, what Indiana's made of a little bit. Uh, Milwaukee's an 11-point favorite. Uh, it's a 222 over under. Implied for Milwaukee's 116.5, Indiana 105.5. You have two different styles of pace. Indiana's 25th, so they have definitely slowed it down and played a little bully ball with Sabonis and such. Milwaukee still remains the fastest team in the league. I think they have been since the very first game. A lot of that's because they just get tons of stuff off of their defense in transition and those, you know, the, excuse me, hiccups. Those, uh, those, uh, Defensive possessions that are, you know, four seconds long because they're getting a layup, um, you know, add up. 
On the defensive side, though, this is my concern. Indiana's eighth in getting better. The Bucks have been number one wire to wire. So you've got two solid defensive teams. Tons of talent on both sides of the ball. Yes, it's a game that could stay close, even though it's an initial double-digit spread. But uh, this is a tough one. You know, I, I'm interested to see. I don't think Giannis will be as dominant of his ownership as he has been in the past because the Pacers are, are, are a decent defensive unit. But a very, very tough one to figure out here, for me at least. Uh, what Are you rostering anybody here? Not much. On the Indiana side, you've got the Brogdon narrative. Uh, he was okay yep. when they played before. He had a double-double. And he looked, you know what, though? he Brogdon comes across to me after watching him more this year to be sort of like a Kawhi light. It's like he's never phased by anything. Did you ever notice that? Yeah, I heard him in his interview after the game, his last game against San Antonio when he was excellent. And he was sort of like, uh, I mean, Kawhi light is a good way to describe it. All of his answers were very short, even yeah. though he was it was an interview with the Indiana broadcast team i mean he was like on a mission no messing around no at all yeah i I mean i've noticed that on and on and usually you know you want the emotional guys you know if the game is game back in milwaukee but i I, again like i say he's got that slight Kawhi cyborg action going where I mean, and that's I think that's part part of why he's one of the best free throw shooters in the league, because if you ever watch him, he goes up to the foul line. It could be dead in the fourth quarter or the first play of the game. No sweating, no heavy breathing, steps up there like he's at the out in the park and just shoots the ball. It's it's wild. But, uh, you know, I because th- I thought about that narrative as well. And I thought, you know, I don't think it really applies for him that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, every yep. every game is is sort of the same. So yeah. um, I, I do like how he played, though, against San Antonio. And if Oladipo is out, then I, I'm more interested in him. Yeah. Sabo- Sabonis has been decent in this matchup. He's a little bit pricey, though. So I, I probably won't play anybody on the Indiana side. The guy that I'm actually most interested in this game is Brooke Lopez. Mm. You know, because he's got to play minutes against Turner and Sabonis. And his two games this year against Indiana – 15 and 8, and then 17, 8 and 2. Wow. So I, I like his chances of getting you a 6x return. Not bad. Not bad. Um, anything else from this game? Because I'll tell you, as of right now, even though those first two games seemed like the depths of the DFS, I actually don't like this game at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I would rank this lower than the other two just because of the defensive prowess of both teams and the way both teams share the ball and i don't want to spend the whole boatload on on Giannis. yeah no i'm with you and it's the two scores when they've played before 102 to 83 and then 117 to 89 so they're just just not, not going to expect it at all yeah, yeah that's 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 for sure good point and that's i saw the same thing it just didn't look like the right mix for a big dfs uh rostering and i think a lot of people will play some guys from this game just because the teams are so talented but all right well let's move on we have our four seven o'clock game it is the orlando magic at the miami heat uh they have a little rivalry started by the way i watched the last few 
times Orlando and Miami played, that, that little Florida rivalry. They don't like each other. Last couple of games got super chippy, and uh, I know Butler and somebody from Orlando. I don't know if it was Gordon or somebody almost got in a fight. But So this should game should be a little intense as well. Miami's a seven-point favorite. It's 217.5 total. We have an implied total of 112.5 for Miami, 105.5 for Orlando. Um, this is uh, the monster red flag for me. 27th in pace, Orlando, 26th for Miami. So their pace has just come down, down, down. Um, so that is, that's a little hard to swallow. And then bumper with this, Andrew, Orlando's ninth in team defensive efficiency and Miami 11th. So, yes, both teams are talented. It should be a competitive game. But, man, everything else statistically tells you that this is not a target game. Yeah, and you're not going to be surprised with the three game totals from these matchups. 190, 205, and 191. Jeez. So, no no thanks. I mean, I, I don't want any part of that. And the way you described it, if they're going to be – you know, chippy and physical, all that does is slow the game down and, you know, likely decrease the total. So nobody's standing out for me in these previous matchups. I mean, again, you can't be surprised. There weren't many points scored. Vucevic has been fine. Bam did have a triple-double against these guys. Yeah. But then the next time he only had four, 14, and five. And, you know, Butler's been solid, but no, not like a ceiling game. No. So I will probably pass this one completely. I'm with you, man. And it's weird because I can't remember the last time I didn't roster a Miami guy. It seems like I've been taking a lot of Miami guys. And, you know, a couple of the Orlando guys have been kicking butt, too. So I, I'm with you, though. I mean, history, you know, you got to look at those three games. <clears throat> you got to look at those three games and think, OK, you know, it's uh, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's funny because I'll tell you, as of now, it, it, as far as from the DFS coach talk side, after with these four o'clock or four seven o'clock games, we may only have a guy or two. We could be, you know, it's one of those scenarios where you sit there for 45 minutes and think, oh, my God, I'm in like third to last place. But you can't panic because, you know, you don't have anybody going. But it just seems like a lot of those first four games you're almost trying to force somebody in, you know? Yeah, and, and just for the record, I've got this one tipping off at 7.30. So oh, in you case, do? In case some of our listeners are writing that down as they go, which... I'll fact I, check myself here. Yeah, I would certainly advise. I mean, that's part of what we do here with this podcast, is we give you all these little details. So in case you want to take yeah, notes... Yeah, we have Coach. Coach made a mistake here. Mr. Coach here forgot to put... The, it is a 7.30 game, so... You know what, Andrew? As you know, I only make usually two errors per year. So <laughs> well, that's, at, not, that's not a bad one to make because no, we're, we're not going to roster anybody from the game anyway. We're at March 4th, so I was sort of due for one. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the other one I'm sure will come probably this fall sometime. But, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. So, yeah. well, that that makes me feel a little bit better of not having to be with total zeros for as long as well. No, it doesn't really change anything. Really. We're still going to be uh, having to catch up in these last five games for sure. But all right. Well, good. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, let's go on to the second seven thirty game 
on the slate tonight. <laughs> Since all of a sudden we have three at seven and three at seven thirty, um, we have got Memphis at Brooklyn, which should be uh, interesting because Brooklyn's coming off uh, obviously that overtime game last night where Levert had ten million points in the third or fourth quarter in overtime. Uh, we've got a one and a half point favorites for Brooklyn. So you got two teams that definitely can run and two teams uh, that uh, are in a very close game here. You've got the seventh and ninth fastest pace in the league. So not often do you get two two in the top ten, uh, which makes it exciting. You know, the total of 223 seems <clears throat> almost a little low with that kind of speed. But Brooklyn is 112.5, implied Memphis 111. Uh, defensive efficiency, I guess that's what their Vegas is looking at a little bit. They're not bad. Memphis is 16th, which, you know, middle of the pack for Memphis is pretty good. Brooklyn somehow is 7th, and that's I've mentioned it the last few shows, but I don't think people realize Brooklyn's playing that great a defense. I, I don't think if you ask somebody to name the top defense defensive efficient teams in the league, I can't imagine somebody guessing Brooklyn is one of them, but they are. So, that comes into play a little bit as well. This, I'll tell you, this game just seems like to me of a game where some guys could go a little bonkers. But, you know, getting the right guys is the question. So why don't you enlighten us with some chalk law, uh, locks of the day here? Chalk locks? <laughs> yeah, chalk lock. Well, I guess if there was one chalk lock from this game, it would probably be John Morant. Oh, you're he, such a John Moran fan. Hey. Do you get him to sign your poster yet? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love his game. Um, I'm a little concerned for him over the oh. long term that he's going to get injured with some of the crazy dunks he attempts. Oh, I, I and, agree with you. And his slight frame. But I just love his his stroke, his the way that he dishes. And he went for 30 points, four rebounds, and nine assists when these guys played at the very beginning of the season. That was an overtime game, 134-133. So I agree with you. This is definitely the, the game here that we've discussed. Did Kyrie play in that game? He did. Oh, okay. All right, so that does change it a little bit. Um, because on the flip side, Dinwiddie and Levert, they both had decent games, even though Kyrie was playing big minutes. Yeah, those were the bat And when he first started, when he was bombing 50 points and all that stuff, yep. Yep, so... I mean, those three guards are, you know, and wings are the ones to to look at here in a potentially high total game. I, I do like Jaw a little bit better. Joe Val is certainly in consideration getting the, you know, weak defensive front court for Brooklyn on the back to back. Yeah. Uh, he, but he's been priced up on DraftKings. He's all the way up to 7.8. Jeez. So I don't love that. And I'm curious to see who's going to start for the bigs for Brooklyn. When they played earlier in the season, DeAndre Jordan started, I think, to to deal with Joe Val, yeah. you know, bigger size, and Joe Val went for 16, 11, and four. So not not the type of game where you want to spend eight thousand on him. Um, and if so, if uh, if Allen starts, then I like Joe Val a little bit more. But if he has to deal with DeAndre Jordan, then I might actually look at Gorgie Jang if he gets to play wow. against Allen off the bench. He is five point three. Uh, so a little bit expensive, but you know I'm just picking out my favorite guys from the game. I, I don't, you know, if I play ten lineups, maybe I play Gorgie Jang once, but 
certainly not in my first first lineup. And then over on the other side, I want to ask you about Dinwiddie from last night because he I had the game on, but it was muted and I was actually watching the Pelicans and Timberwolves game. So Mm -hmm. I didn't hear anything about Dinwiddie, but he only played 23 minutes. I know. And Chioza played 20. I'm wondering if it was just a matter of, you know, well, first of all, it's the front end of a back-to-back, so let's save Dinwiddie a little bit. Lavert is unconscious right now. Let's just let him do his thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll put everybody else out there who's going to play defense, and that's why he didn't come back in. But I was curious if, if he'd gotten nicked during the game at some point. I hadn't heard anything. Well, what I saw, and I, I believe this is the case, <clears throat> I looked back at basketball reference as well, I, I, you know, Boston was handling Brooklyn pretty easily. They were pretty far behind. And I think they, you know, knowing that it was a back to back, he, you know, he didn't want to overextend Dinwiddie. And then also when they made that huge run to, to get back into the game, it was that second group that made the run. So he just let them, they were super hot playing together. It was that group Lavert was in it, but it was, it was with DeAndre Jordan Kuruks was in there, Chioza was in there. So it was one of those scenarios where they just found a groove as a group of five and paid, played the additional minutes that got them back into the game. So I don't believe Dinwiddie's dinged up. I think it was just the circumstances <clears throat> of the hot run of that second unit uh, with Lavert in it that, that made the run. So I'm not concerned about Dinwiddie. In fact, I think he's very playable in this game. A good point, though, here is because of that run that I was mentioning, DeAndre Jordan played 35 minutes, does not usually see mid-30s numbers, and it's a back-to-back. So that tells me they've got to suck it up, and Jared Allen's going to have to play at least 25 to 28 minutes, I would think, which in turn makes me want to play Joe Val. So sort of a domino effect there. Got to love the domino effect. That's that's huge. Yeah, yeah. So what what else on this game that I, I sort of jumped in there and didn't mean that still oh, no. thunder. No, that's it. I mean I, I do like this the, the potential in this game, but I'm a little concerned with the back to back for Brooklyn. So uh, out of the the two guys we look at now with Brooklyn, I, I would lean Dinwiddie over Levert in this one. But the the chalk guy I guess that I like the most here would be would be John Morant. Yeah, you know, I think Jaw's a good play. I really do. I think that uh you know, Brooks is even a good play because Garrett Temple's out. I'm, you know, Brooks has played good ball for them, uh, and he's not afraid to shoot it, which he didn't used to be a shooter. So I think those guys are in play. Joe Val's probably going to be my center tonight as of right now. Um, you know, and, and on the Brooklyn side, you know, it's hard to, you know, I don't know how many people are going to chase the Lavert game, but. Man, you know, when you dig down and, and score 36, 37 points, whatever, in the fourth quarter in overtime, there's got to be some residual effect of tiredness, you would think, going into this game just a little bit. So the fact that Dinwiddie's fresher, much fresher because of the 23-minute outing, you know, he was only four for 10. I, You know, I and Jaw does not, you know, shock the world with his defense. So I think Dinwiddie is, is where I'd lean in this game. Uh, you know, this is sort of like what I said yesterday about Davis over LeBron. So 
maybe if I'm on that kind of a take, uh, you know, we'll, I'll roll with it. But I'll tell you, you look at Lavert, 17 for 26 from the field, 12 for 18 from the line, and 5 for 10 from three for 51 big ones last night. That's that's impressive. But like I say, I this is going to be one one of the games where I'm pumping it up. You know, I you got to start filling in the roster here. So this is a stackable game for me, Andrew. I think this is where I'm really going to come to the table and uh, and go after some of these guys. You know, not to be repetitive, but I I think Joval's a great play. I think Brooks and Jar solid plays. Dinwiddie's a really good play. Uh, I think you could come out of this game and, like you said, in past games there's been some points scored between these two teams. So anything else to to wrap this one up? Just one more point about stacking it. I certainly see why you would consider that. I'm I'm more interested in stacking one of the games later in the slate. I just want to mention that Memphis, defensively, they've picked it up. The last three games, they've given up 104, 88, and 88. Hmm. So something to keep in mind. With 88, uh, the wild number comes back again. See, we had, it's back again. It's following us around. You know? <laughs> All right, man, let's hit the third 7.30 game. So we'll have uh, six down, three to go. We've got the Utah Jazz at the New York Knicks. Jazz are eight-point favorites, total of 218.5. Implied for Utah, 113.5. Knicks, 105.5. From a pace standpoint, not good, 22nd and 21st, respectively. Uh, but from a defensive side, Utah is all the way down to 14th, so they're just middle of the pack, which they were top 10 for some of the year. Knicks, of course, down in the 23 spot, uh, not great, but certainly uh, seem to be slightly improving. Uh, and then with you know some of that injury news, not know, knowing if Mitch Robb's going to play, uh, you know this this game is not one of my favorites on the slate. What do you got? Yeah, I don't have much. From this one, um, Donovan Mitchell, I think, is worth considering. And then Conley and Clarkson. I mean, I'm, I'm zeroing in on those three guys recently. They're yeah. the ones to consider. And there is a little bit of a alarm bell here because Clarkson is under 5K on DraftKings. So he's back in that really attractive ter- territory. He's only 4.9. That's good. And I That's think good. it's very likely that one of those three will go off. Yeah. So – a little bit hard to predict, but I do like Clarkson here. I like that I think his minutes are a little bit more secure just because, you know, even if it's a blowout, um, you know, maybe he'd get that run down the stretch. But um, on the Knicks side, Randall didn't play when these two teams met before, and mm. Utah won, won easily. They won by 24. It was one of those games where nobody played much because it was such a blowout. Yeah. But – not surprisingly, nobody on the Knicks did well, and I don't see any reason why that would change here tonight. So I, I don't think I'm going to get much exposure to this game. Yeah, you know, I I think it could be a decent Rudy Gobert game, you know, with going against, uh, you know, Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis. He's certainly, you know, those guys are a little undersized to be going against Gobert with, with no Mitchell Robinson in there if he doesn't play. Um, you know, the question is, with the pace, there's not going to be quite as many possessions. 
not as many opportunities to get some of those stats like rebounds. Um, not my favorite game. I do get the Julius Randle thing. He can have stretches where he's super hot uh, and, you know, is, is the main guy uh, handling the ball in, in all situations, really. I mean, he p- almost plays point forward at times. Uh, R.J. Barrett seems to be turning it up a few notches. I'm not quite uh, ready to pull the switch on that one, but he's somebody that's caught my eye in the last couple of games. But I'm with you, man. I, I think that this game could easily be a full pass for me. Agreed. All right. A uh, couple of things real quickly before we get into the last three games. We have uh, a staggered final three games on the slate, an 8, a 9.30, and a 10. So that'll be good for finishing up uh, the day listening uh, or watching, either way, depending on what you're doing. But a couple things just to mention again. Follow us at DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, jump on there. Dive in our Discord. Become a member. You'll love it. We have a great time. Um, and it is just a really good place to get lineups, to talk the game, and and figure out uh, how we can take some stuff down. Also follow us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk, and uh, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I am at J O E S A R V A D I Joe Sarvati. Mike Apatri is at M I K E A P O T R I A, and Andrew is at language olympic uh we're both always throwing stuff up there when we hear it uh if we hear some major player news uh you know time restrictions whatever it may be uh we're always posting stuff up there and you'll also see it at dfs coach talk as well um also you you know as you know you could listen to us seven days a week free in front of any paywall we will continue to do that uh that's our uh, you know, what we've sort of come together and decided we are keeping the podcast in front of the paywall for the near future that I can tell because, you know, it, this is the service we want to provide. We want to get people involved. We want to give them some good information. Uh, we want to give them a little bit different way to attack the slate as opposed to sort of the trend of everybody just using optimizers uh, to spit out lineups and play multiple lineups. We you know, we want to hand build these. We want to give you the tools uh, to know what to look for and, uh, you know, to have that edge over everybody else so you can get away from all those identical lineups and everything that's, that's out there uh, at this point. So uh, you can listen to those podcasts everywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, we are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. Um, and we really appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe. We're having a, a giveaway of a monthly uh, membership, NBA membership, to DFS Coach Talk. For those that, that put a, a five-star and a review up on iTunes, uh, it also helps us a lot when you give us the thumbs up. Uh, whether you put a comment or not, the thumbs up is key on uh, YouTube. And click that little uh, alarm bell there because it will uh, give you uh, a, a quick uh, up-to-date bell sound and shoot you a, a message saying that uh, the DFS Coach Talk has just posted a new podcast. Um, and other than that, we just, you know, we appreciate everybody listening in. We have a listenership uh, from all over the world. 
We've had, you know, we have some of our Australian fellas in the, in the, uh, with the team now and, and playing with us every day and in, in uh, DFS coach talk and in, in the discord uh, we're coast to coast too. You know, we've got <clears throat> people in the upper Northwest and uh, people, uh, you know, on, on each coast we have, uh, it's funny cause we get talking in there and, you know, we have a, a, a Canadian uh, gentleman as well. So shout out to, uh, to you hosers up there in Canada. Um, but we were talking about it yesterday. I mentioned scouting and driving through a big blizzard up there trying to get to a game. And, and he mentioned yesterday uh, that uh, they actually just had a blizzard and uh, that, uh, you know, he, he said, what, what a coincidence. And here I was down in Dallas, you know, walking the dog in shorts and a T-shirt, 73 degrees. So it's funny, but uh, it's always fun to, to chat with people from all over the place and different perspectives. And, uh, you know, it's it's a good time. So, uh, you know, tune in, mention, you know, we appreciate you again if, if you uh, spend a few seconds to rate, review and subscribe on whichever way you're listening to the show. And we want to continue to grow. We are going to keep this uh, free for you every day. And, you know, we get we love to hear tweets and feedback for winning uh, lineups and stuff that helped you, uh, you know, get the right lineup together to attack whichever you're playing. I mean, we appeal to both cash and gpp uh we play on a lot of different sites uh specifically FanDuel and DraftKings. but i also uh know you know some of our members and myself play some on fantasy draft and yahoo as well so we are the one-stop shop we look forward to having you guys uh join us and gals everybody's welcome and uh you know we're looking forward to continuing to grow all right, Andrew, three games left. This is this is where the boys have to be men and step up to the table. These are three uh the three highest total games on the board. So how coincidental is it we have nine games, the final three that all start later than the first six are the three biggest numbers. So the big question is how many people are gonna have the patience to wait, wait, wait? and put all the guys in their lineup from these three games. I have a feeling you're going to see the ownership in these three games pretty much higher than any other games. It's that simple. So it, it is going to be a sweat out night for sure uh, with it going down to the wire. There's not going to be any of these late games just trickling in that don't have an impact. So the first one is at eight o'clock. It's the Chicago Bulls at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves are on the second night of a back-to-back. They just had a big upset win last night uh, over the Pelicans. They did have to travel back to Minnesota. Uh, Chicago was already uh, comfortable in their hotel rooms uh, when Minnesota was traveling last night, so a little edge for the Bulls on that one. Um, and, that you know, they're rested. And Minnesota is, though, a three-point favorite in this game, I anticipate this game stays close. It's a 229.5 total. Minnesota implied 116.5, Chicago 113. Um, and as far as pace, it's a positive thing. Chicago's 15th, Minnesota 5th. So they are pushing the ball big time. And Chicago defensive efficiency 15th. So they're 15th in pace, 15th in efficiency. So we can officially say that the Chicago Bulls are 
a mediocre dead center of everything in the league team. Um, and Minnesota's 20th on defense, so nothing to write home about. This game seems like there are some players, especially guys that might may go under-owned that can take this slate down. Who are those guys, Andrew? Thomas Sadoransky is my man. Tomas. Tomas Thomas. Yeah, he's you know, he's a foreign dude. You gotta give him his due. <laughs> <laughs> tomato tomato, Tomas Thomas. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Either way, he's he's probably gonna be in a a, a number of my lineups. Good. I, I like I, I like Tom Tomas. Yeah, I mean you know, you mentioned the poor Timberwolves defense. Their pace has really picked up. So high scoring games back to back. And Levine is out. None, uh, none yeah. is still out. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the only guy I can really count on. I mean, Kobe White, certainly worth considering, but now he's over 6K on DraftKings. A lot of moving parts with the bigs. They say Wendell Carter Jr.'s minutes are going to go up. Otto Porter Jr.'s minutes are going to go up. And that just makes it all messy. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do want to get some exposure to this game, and Sadoransky's the guy that I'm looking at. On the other side, I think they're all fairly priced, pretty similar to last night with Russell at 9.1. Beasley is, again, 6K. Wancho right. went up Wancho went up $100 on uh DraftKings. those are the three guys i would look at first just the way that the the new team is shaking out with usage um but i am i am still going to prefer these other two games coming up next so uh, i wouldn't blame you for getting some exposure to those guys but i think a lot of my lineups i'll just come out of here with sadoransky and move on all right I, I like the guards in this game. I, I am a, an official card-carrying member of the Kobe White fan club. Club. I really, he has sold me that that dude is is clutch. He likes the ball in uh, big situations, and he is the least shy guy on the floor. That ball's going up. So uh, I I love the correlation in this game of playing. Uh, Kobe versus D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Russell played 31 minutes last night, but wasn't overextended in that game. Um, you know, I think that he could play a, a key role uh, in this game tonight. He seems to be healthy. You know, he, he did throw eight assists on the board on the board as well last night. So, you know, I sort of love that correlation of, of Kobe and and uh D'Angelo, and I'd also go a step further. I'm, I like Sadoransky a little bit, and I like uh, Malik Beasley a little bit as well. Um, you know, Beasley went a, a tidy 11 for 13 from the field, just a, a smooth 85% field goal percentage yesterday. <laughs> I mean, he is playing so so well since he went there. Uh, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder like he's got something to prove, and he's proven it. He's even getting some ancillary uh stats the peripheral stats you know rebounds three assists four you know he's generally getting you a steal or even a block so you know i'm all about the backcourts in this game i think they're both are all four of them are in good spots um you know i'm gonna see how many i can fit d'angelo is a little pricey i admit so that's gonna be a little bit of a tougher uh one to chew 
but I'm, I'm going to try to see if I can get him in there. Uh, I think Kobe's a lock, and I'm not opposed to playing both guys, uh, the Sadoransky-White duo there. I think just from a minutes perspective, the fact that they're rested, uh, the other two guys are out, and really, I mean, they're they're going to play. They're going to play a lot of minutes. So it's a not just a minutes versus money, but you got two guys that can contribute. So I love I love those two. Um, that's it for me. Anything else on that one? That's all I got. Okay, last two games. I know you've been waiting, chewing your nails for these two games. <laughs> We've got uh, the the Pelicans at the Mavericks. So the Pelicans tough loss last night. They're on a second night of a back-to-back, traveled to Dallas. Uh, Dallas is only a six-point favorite. It seems like everybody in Vegas as well has bought into this Lonzo and uh, Drew Holiday and Zion and Ingram, and I get it. I mean, it makes sense, but Dallas is only a six-point favorite, and you know, it sounds like we've got both Porzingis and Luka playing, so that's... A pretty low spread, which, you know, Vegas is usually right, so I would think this game stays close. Um, it's a 238.5 uh, total, second highest on the board to the last game. And uh, you've got the pace second in the league by the Pelicans now. They've gone up and up and up. Um, the Mavericks are 18th. Just, you know, again, you know, they do play some slow ball in close games. That's something to be aware of. Uh, the Pelicans are 21st defensively and Dallas 17th. So neither one is tearing it up as far as stopping the ball. So that gives you a little bit more encouragement to play these guys. A um, lot of stars, a lot of big names in this game. A lot of them are pricey. Uh, you know, you got the 122.5 implied total for Dallas, which is second highest on the board, and a pretty healthy 116.5 for the Pelicans. So. Let me hear how many fellas you got in this one. Well, I'm not sure. And it's a little bit tougher here with pricing. But I just think in general this is going to be a, a juicy game and has a lot of possibilities. I think Ingram has been the most consistent in this matchup yeah. for the Pelicans. So he, he's a pretty safe play. Zion is the guy I'm excited excited to watch in this game because it's the first time they're finally letting him play in a back-to-back. Yeah. And he gets to go against Luka. So Zion's a wild card here because he played 32 and a half minutes last night. I know. And, you know, I, I'd be surprised that they let him play that many here on, on the back-to-back. Yeah, I haven't been able to find out about any minutes restrictions yet. Maybe we'll hear something later in the day. Right, so we'll we'll stay tuned for that. But it, it's a shame, really, that it's a back-to-back because I don't see who's going to defend him on the Dallas side. Uh, they don't have anybody to defend him. He If he plays a full allotment of minutes, he's going to murder the Mavericks in the pit. Yeah. I'm just telling so, you. Um, so that's, um, that's sort of a mixed bag on, on Zion. I there. know. How do you trust? I mean, do you want to spend all that money on Zion? For 22 minutes or eight, you know, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little risky. Yeah. So, and then it, it's it's tough with the other guys, all those guys who were strong last night against Minnesota. You know, Lonzo Ball was excellent. Drew Holiday, the heart was decent off the bench, but it is a back-to-back for them. So, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with it here throughout the afternoon. 
Um, on the Dallas side, I do like Luca. I'm hoping that he sort of eased himself back in against Chicago, and hopefully his thumb will be feeling better. He's had two excellent games against the Pelicans. No big surprise there. High pace, bad defense. I was surprised to see Porzingis. His price on DraftKings is up to 9K. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, he's he's earned it. He had a, some some huge games without Luka, but um, that one I was not prepared to see. He's and, not a 9K player with Luka on the floor. I, I right. agree he's played terrific, yep. but with Luka off the floor, he's probably like a 9-3 player. But with Luka on the floor, he should be like 8-2, you know? Yep. Agreed. Realistically. And and so, that's a hard one to, to bite off because I think he's going to do well, but I don't want to overpay for. Right. Right. So the other thing left on this game, my other comment is actually a question for you, and it's on Boban because yeah. you follow the Mavericks closely. We, we yeah. both know that he hasn't played much recently, but he finally got some minutes against Chicago. Uh, yes, Porzingis was out, but once again – Boban was terrific when when he got out there. You know, do you think there's a chance maybe he gets a couple minutes to help defend against Zion? Well, let me tell you this. Knowing Coach Carlisle for all these years and knowing, you know, the way he coaches games and his rotations, I I have a better chance of giving you the correct five Powerball numbers for okay. tonight as opposed to telling you what Carlisle's going to do because – it, the one consistent thing about him for all these years is that he's consistently been inconsistent as far as his rotations. Like, you know, he'll do some really crazy stuff. Like Courtney Lee doesn't play for seven games in a row, and then he starts him for right. three games in a row. And he'll he, the, the one game he started him and played him 11 minutes, the other game he started him played him 30 minutes. Sometimes he plays Boban, a uh, decent run. Sometimes he plays him not at all for multiple games in a row. I could go on and on. And, I, you know, you try to figure out the matchups. And like you said, the, there's reasoning behind, you know, why would, why would Boban play in this game? Well, is it to stop Zion? Well, first of all, if Zion pulls him more than 10 feet from the basket, he's going to blow right by Boban. Boban generally is used more at the at the most when it's a post player guy that's crushing the Mavs. You know, that's that's a true big. You know that that they need him to lay a body on. Um, I don't think, and this is again, you know, uh, you, uh, you could play the lotto or listen to my take on what Carlisle's going to do because it's it's probably got the same chances, but. I, you know, I just don't see Boban playing that role here. I mean, their center will be Favors or Melly most of the time unless they move Zion to, to center. And Boban can't guard those three guys. They all can go away from the basket and shoot threes. I don't think it's a good matchup. Now, if you know, if Dallas is playing in Utah where it's a Gobert, that's where you throw Boban in there. He lays up against him. You know, he scores most of his points in the paint. Now, I, I will say this. Right now, Zion has scored 78% of his points in the paint. So does that mean Carlisle's going to look – because he looks at, always looks at analytics and all of the, the numbers and logarithms and all the whatever the heck he's looking at. And if he sees that number, he may want to plug up the middle with Boban. So that to be said, I just told you two opposite sides because that's how I feel. <laughs> I mean, it's there's reasoning why he won't play him at all, 
and there's reasoning why it makes sense to play him. So I I would not, on a nine-game slate, I would not touch any of that rigmarole with a 10-foot pole because you just can't count on it. I mean, I wouldn't – in cash, you, if you play Boban or any of that scenario, you're crazy. And in, even in GPP, it's such a stretch because it's so competitive anymore. You know, let's say Boban doesn't even get in the game. Or if he gets in, you know, and, and gets you 10 fantasy points because he plays eight minutes. I mean, it can destroy your card. On the other hand, like last night, the dude had, or the night before, 35 fantasy points in 17 minutes or whatever it is. I mean, he's always been, you know, 1.5, 1.6 fantasy points per minute, but you can't depend on him. So, you know, in a nutshell, it, you know, it, it makes this a very difficult game to figure out. Um you know, I, I, Luca has underperformed in, you know, uh, well, he's only made value, I believe, three of his last nine games, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, that's certainly a red flag. Um, you know, the pace certainly suits him against the Pelicans. The fact that the pay, you know, the, the uh, defensive prowess has not been real strong uh, from the Pelicans. So I can see putting Luca on there. You know, I would have loved to have gone to Porzingis, but you brought that point up. They priced him sky high now, <clears throat> so that deters a little bit there. Um, you know, and from the Pelican side, you know, the obvious choice would be Zion because a lot of times the Mavs have a donut in the middle, but, you know, do you trust his minutes? Unless I see something that says, yes, Zion is playing this back-to-back doubleheader with no limits restriction, then I'm fine with that. But I, I just can't see that happening. I think the trainers are going to be telling Gentry, you know, don't push the kid over 20, 25 minutes in this game on a back-to-back. It's the first time he's ever doing it. So for that price, I'm not going to go there. So I want exposure to this game. Uh, I believe Drew Holiday had a triple-double last night, didn't he? I believe. Yes, he did. His fourth, fourth career triple double. And, you know, I think he's coming in hot. He's always given the Mavericks trouble. Um, I think he's a solid play. Um, You know, I love Brandon Ingram in this game. You know, I would go more towards the holiday Ingram combo as opposed to what everybody's been going with on the ball and Zion combo, which I get it, but it's just a different scenario in this game. And then on the math side, you know, it's weird, but uh, I'm not sure I'm going to go that direction. I'm not positive. If I do a real even build, which I'm leaning towards right now, I'm not going to want to pay up for Luca to that point. If I decide I'm going to go a little bit different, Luca is still in my player pool. Um, I do think Porzingis could have a hell of a game. And I do think most people are going to think just like you and I, Andrew, and say, man, I want to play him. But that price increase is ridiculous. I mean, I remember rostering Porzingis for 63, and now right. he's, he's nine. So it's like, oh, my so it's a times tough call, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, again, I'm, I'm a little undecided there, but I, I will be, you know, playing some Pelicans. I just I like the you know, the feel here, but it's a great pace up game for Dallas. I mean, again, Pelicans are second in the league in pace. So, you know, you probably make it a mistake to not at least have one Mav in there. But uh, the question is, which one, you know? Yes. Yes, that's correct. 
This is a tough card. I mean, let's yeah. face it. This is a it's a great card because there's a lot of scenarios here, but it's not cut and dry. Like usually by now, you know, with one game left, both of us have had like two or three pillars that were going 100 percent and it makes perfect sense. But it seems more like there's just so many questions that are going to domino affect stuff that, uh, you know, it's going to take some time this afternoon and then up until lock to really, you know, get things knocked out. It, it does make it a fun challenge, though. It does. I, I love it. I love it. All right. Last game, buddy. 10 o'clock, late night sweat, hammer game, all the different terminology we use in this crazy DFS world. The Washington Wizards and the Portland Trailblazers. The biggest total of the night. Portland is a seven and a half point favorite. Dame is back. And from from what I read, it does not sound like Dame is on a minutes restriction as of now. He did miss three games, I believe. And so there is concern there. I'm not that concerned. I believe he's going to get in the 30s of minutes if this game stays close. That's my personal take so i want to start off with that with dame um this game has to be a sweetheart game for everybody and and certainly probably the most owned game on the slate uh it is again a single digits with portland a seven and a half point favorite 241 total implied for portland the highest of the night 124 and a half and a very solid 117 for washington which is uh fourth highest um the pace is good for sure. Washington sixth, Portland 11th. And then this is the humdinger stat of the day, 29th and 27th. So you got the second to worst and fourth worst defense in the league. How do you not stack this game? Well, you do stack it. And it's just a matter of how you stack it. And I'm going to describe an idea here for you in terms of a little bit of a unique stack and see what you think. Okay. I'll go to the punchline. The punchline is stacking this game without Beal or Lillard. On DraftKings, Beal is 10.6. We know that the Wizards are coming off the, a back-to-back. We also have yeah. learned recently that that, that is not going to slow down Bradley Beal. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's 10.6. Lillard is 10K. CJ McCollum has been dropped down here to 8.6. And yep. there are a lot of other guys here that could really hit value if this is a, a game with 240 to 250 points, which is what I would predict. You've got yep. guys like Bertans is 5.6, so basically half the price of Beal. Rui is 5.4. He's been doing quite well. Uh, Napier is 5K. We have a, a bit of a revenge narrative for him. He played in Portland for a couple years. Yeah. And earlier this season when he was on Minnesota – and they came to Portland. He went for 18, 4, 4, and 3. So, mm. he, he, yeah, he got up a little bit when he got back into town. Um, he's been very good on back-to-backs. I don't like that he hasn't been getting many shots lately. But um, anyway, think about stacking this game with with those guys. You know, in case Beal finally has a bit of an off night, or if Lillard comes back, he's not 100%. And if you've got everybody else like CJ in this in this stack and even Hassan Whiteside, uh, he's 9.4. So at least you get him under 10K. He had a 20-20 game against the Wizards earlier in the season. So 
that's what I'm kind of playing around with. What do you think about mm. that stack? I don't know, man. I mean, I get your point that the two big boys are so high priced. And, you know, Beal is on a back-to-back where he played 38 minutes last night, went 11 for 24 from the field. Um, You know, is he able to dial up those kind of numbers again um, on the road? I mean, this is also the third or fourth game of their West Coast trip. Usually teams get a little weary towards the end of that. Uh, And then on a back-to-back to boot, you know, they played in Sacramento. Now they're up in Portland. Shout out to our Portland uh, guys. We got a couple of those folks in our our coach talk. I always like to give them a shout because they're real active in there. But, you know, it's the question is, you know, are are they going to be fresh enough to have the main guys – the only guy that played extended minutes yesterday was Beal. He played 38. Everybody else reasonable enough to a back-to-back is not going to hurt them. You know, the, I like the idea of your Beal, but here's here's my concern. First of all, Bertans, uh, when he's hitting threes, he's wonderful. But and you know he he has been rebounding. He had seven rebounds last last night as well. But if he's not hitting his three. He just seems to disintegrate out there and do not much of anything. He's just a total, you know, if my shot's on, then he's all over the place. If it's not going down, you can just see the, you know, he slumps and he he doesn't even get the minutes. Uh, So I love playing Bertans in the right scenario when he could get hot. This certainly is because Portland is not a good defensive team. You know, he may have Carmelo on him some of the time. So, you know. If he's if he's fresh enough and not tired from this uh, road trip, I mean, he went six for 12, not from the field, from three. Guess how many shots he took in the game? Yeah, it was like 14 or something. 13. He yeah, was 13, six, yeah. six for 13 from the field. So everything he took but one was a was a three. So, you know, he is going to fire. The seven rebounds are nice. Threw a steal in there, and, you know, he'll even get you a block here and there. So... I, I like Bertans. I think he's a good play tonight. Uh, I don't know. I, I Again, I'm trying to make a little bit more of a level s- slate, so I'm not probably going to go to Beal, but could Beal drop 50 real points in this game? Without question. I mean, you know, he's, yep. <laughs> he's played with such a chip on his shoulder. There's no doubt about it. I don't want anything to do with the bigs. That's uh, a big mishmash there. Bryant, uh, I guess, got dinged up. He may or may not play. He's, he plays 19 minutes. Hashimura does a nice job. You know, I mean, he's probably the next guy on the team to take. But after that, you're still getting a, a pretty clean spit, split between Napier and Ish Smith. So that's painful. Um, Jerome Robinson's been getting a ton of run, too, for them. He played 30 minutes last night. So... You know, it uh, just confuses things more. You know, little tiny bits from Moritz Wagner and, and Bonga. It's just a mess. So uh, Troy Brown stinks now. I would say if you're not going to play Beal, which is probably the best way to go, if you have the, the, the money, I think Hashimura is uh, really the, the only other real reasonable choice on that side. The, the Portland side, Andrew, I – McCollum has been absolutely fantastic with with uh, Dame out. I mean, I think I've rostered him every time, and he's gone 
six, seven, eight X. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Now the problem is he takes just such a massive usage hit with Dame being back. And if it's true that Dame's not going to have a minute minutes restriction, and and he is going to play mid thirties minutes, even though the price went down on McCollum a little bit, it's it's a hard pill for me to swallow to to roster him. I would I would lean more towards Dame. I just think Dame is if he is healthy. This is against Washington. Their backcourt can't defend. You know, we talked about, you know, Beal being 88th as far as defensive real plus minus at the shooting guard spot. And, yeah, Dame's a point. He's going to get a little bit of ish. He's not great defensively. Some Napier, you know, some Jerome Robinson. It's going to be a switching around. But, I, you know, I'm, I lean more towards Dame. I don't like the price. But I'm a little afraid to play uh, – you know, McCollum just because of the usage hit. And then, you know, again, that trickles on down. Does it affect uh, some of the other guys? You know, Whiteside, you know, is a guy that I'm is in my player pool right now. I think Whiteside could be a, a real quiet, uh, good guy to have tonight uh, if you trust him. Um, and, and that's really, you know, so for, for me, I'm with you, man. I want exposure here. Um, but you know, am I going to have the money to pay up for a Dame? I'm going to try, uh, a Bertans, maybe a, a, a Hashimura and maybe a white side. That's what I'm looking at right now. Okay. Makes sense, huh? Yes, Two it different does. strategies. That's, but they, you know, they can both work. That's the good part about it. All right, man. What do you say we get out of here, get this thing up and, and, uh, Obviously, this afternoon is going to be a little bit more work getting this lineup together since neither one of us really has more than like one pillar so far. So it's going to exactly be, it's going to take some time. Uh, we we like to finish every show mentioning you know the fact that a lot of the reason we we uh, started DFS Coach Talk when we did was you know the tragedy with Kobe and Gianna and that whole scenario really motivated us to get out there and go after it and take that Mamba mentality to heart. Uh, so we support mambaon3.org. That's M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Uh, you know, we, we highly recommend going there. Uh, you know, if you have a nice DFS hit or something, we generally have a, a team aspect here at Coach Talk amongst uh, our eight guys is, you know, when we hit something decent, 10% of that's going right into the mambaon3.org fund and, it was set up by Vanessa Bryant, Kobe's widow, for the families of the other seven people that perished in that uh, accident. So we highly recommend it. Um, and that's it. I think, you know, join us again. You know, listen to the pod. Jump on our Twitters. Follow us. Listen to the news. Uh, at DFS Coach Talk, we'll be posting all kinds of stuff. Then join in this afternoon, DFSCoachTalk.com. Get into our Discord with us. Get those lineups. We'll get them together for you and get some winners. Uh, we're very determined to go to 11 and three since uh, we we dropped from 10 and two to 10 and three last night, which it makes me mad because I hate losing. So 11 and three would would be a little bit better than a stick in the eye, don't you think, Andrew? Yeah, it sure would. So let's get that done, man. We're gonna get it done both in cash and GPP. We provide both. 
Um, all right, man. Any final words from the, the wisdom and knowledge of Mr. GPP Pro, Andrew Hansen? Yes, yeah, stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, and if you want to see the lineups, come become, come join and become a member. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. I appreciate you today, and we thank everybody out there for spending a little bit of their day with us. So thank you for joining us for DFS Coach Talk. For my fellow NBA pros, Micah Patria and Andrew Hansen, I'm Coach. We will look to catch you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS. Jay and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the home. My favorite play is the